Tale of the Quasi-Catfish, Part 2. Maybe I'm just addicted to chaos. Howard and I texted daily, left voice notes, and sent photos. Well, I sent photos, videos, and voice notes, and he only sent voice notes. (laughs) I didn't mind. Initially, I thought we were just friends chatting about life and ideas. I wasn't looking to date him. That would have been insane. Uh, Around the second month, a more romantic tone developed. I mentioned several times that I wanted to stop talking unless we made concrete plans to meet in the near future. I stressed that I wasn't comfortable having a virtual relationship with someone I'd never met. Originally, he said he'd be back in Mexico a month or two later when we started talking. He said he planned to keep working remotely. It became increasingly clear that wasn't true. When I complained, he reassured me that we would meet soon. He would make it happen. We were only a plane ride apart, he said. After five months, one day I became fed up and said if we didn't book tickets for a future meet that weekend that I was done talking to him. I'd been back in Canada for a couple months by then, and it felt like a lot of life had gone by since these endless, empty promises began. I felt like a fool. He resented my ultimatum and said he was busy. I'd have to wait until he had more time. I muted his messages and mentally dismissed the entire thing as an incredibly dumb waste of time on my part. How could I have wasted so much time talking to my phone screen? I was against it the entire time, and yet I allowed it to go on for almost half a year. Why? I really needed to reevaluate how much I respected my own boundaries. I'd slowly but surely uncovered my strong desire to find a life partner, and that had been clouding my judgment. So I wasted five months. Now what? There were tons of real men in real life I could try to date instead. I hadn't tried to go on dates with the intention of finding a man to have a real relationship with maybe ever before 2022. I'd do that. The next day, I rage-joined Bumble. (laughs) Insert articles one and two of going on dates with four men in seven days. I ended up really liking my fourth date, more than I'd liked someone in years. One day, a few weeks later, I thought to check my muted messages and saw messages from Howard saying he'd magically made time and would be able to welcome me if I told him which day I planned to arrive. Ugh, that's so lame. Why did I have to use ultimatums and threats to make a man take action? Gross. By that point, I didn't really feel a connection to Howard. The whole relationship didn't exist in my mind anymore. I felt very attracted and interested in the real man in front of me. The one that told me where and when we were meeting, showed up, looked handsome, listened to me, understood me, and more. I felt nothing for the guy who made excuses and lied for months so he could retain access to me and my time. Thanks to talking to Howard about visiting the UK, I'd started planning to visit my Scottish friend as well. Even though I stopped talking to Howard, my friend and I retained our plans for me to visit her. Reading that Howard had suddenly found magical free time, I thought it could be something I added on to visiting my friend. I'd visit Howard first, unsure how many days exactly, as that would depend on how we got along. Then I'd go on to my friend's place. Despite not feeling a connection anymore, I wanted answers for why I spent so much time talking to this person. I didn't want to wonder about it years later or have any regrets when I could instead take the opportunity to meet him while on my trip. I mentioned to him that I didn't feel much of a connection anymore and would it be okay if we were just friends. There was a high chance that that would be the case. He said we were both emotionally mature enough to handle that situation and spend a few days just hanging out. He was looking forward to taking a break from work. 
I confirmed which days my friend booked time off from work and booked a ticket to London. Immediately after booking the ticket, I mean the second after I clicked book, I had a terrible feeling. A truly deep, dark wave rolled over me. Hmm. I'd never felt a bad feeling before when booking a trip. I dismissed my spidey senses and thought, it's fine, must ignore instincts, need answers. Besides, I'm visiting my friend, so if nothing else, it's a good idea for that reason alone. These bad feelings are just nerves, not to be trusted. I had just under two weeks before I left. (laughs) I seriously considered not going for hours every day. A big bell was going off in my head, but the interpreting part of my brain was all clogged up with toxic self-denial patterns I still needed to fix. In the end, my love of adventure and curiosity tipped the scales. I love stories. Besides, I was excited to see my Scottish friend and get inspired by the change of scenery. I didn't know how to explain the situation to the fourth date, so I waited a week before awkwardly telling him via text. I thought he'd understand the oddity of the situation, but I believe he used a cry-laugh emoji at the absurdity of me expecting him to be happy to be treated as an option. I didn't see it that way, far from it, but I understood why he did. It felt like a loose end I had to tie up before I could properly move on with my life. I didn't think it was a competition because he easily won. His reaction gave me an entirely different second round of bad feelings. It was clear that going was the wrong choice, but I stopped trusting my instincts a long time ago. I felt confused. I focused on my excitement about seeing my friend. (laughs) I packed my bags and went to the airport. Landed in London at 9.30 in the morning. Didn't get a wink of sleep in those seven hours. When I turned on my phone, I saw a message from Howard apologizing profusely, saying he'd need a little extra time to finish work. Could I wait two hours for him? Did I mind? Not at all. I love coffee, and it was prime coffee time. Told him it was no problem, and I understood he had work to finish. Two full hours passed, and still no message from Howard. The coffee shop was crowded, so I moved over to some random seating in another area of the airport. I've inserted pictures in this, uh, this article, so if you want to see some pictures, now would be time to scroll down. Um, another two hours passed. <laughs> I sat there, staring at nothing, fully living in la-la land, talking to myself. What am I doing with my life? What even is the situation? Why am I doing weird shit like this? Anything not to live in reality, hey? Who does this? This is not a pleasurable experience, and I gave up the chance to date a real man with skin and eyeballs and everything just to meet this imaginary catfish that I know I don't even feel a romantic connection to anymore. I'm just sitting here, alone, like a kid forgotten at daycare. This is humiliating. What should I do? Am I being irrational? Is this normal? Isn't this a terrible sign? I've never had anyone leave me waiting at the airport for more than an hour, let alone someone that supposedly has a romantic interest in me that I traveled internationally to meet. Granted, not just to meet him, but still. Do I text my friend and just buy another plane or train ticket and go to Scotland now instead? Is this man ever showing up? I'm dreading meeting him now and don't really want to because... I wouldn't be with a man who acts like this. There's something amiss with either his basic organization skills or level of respect for me. Whichever it is, it's horribly unattractive and too emotionally immature for me. Blech. 
I started picturing myself in an episode of my favorite reality TV show, 90 Day Fiance, and started giggling. I saw the imaginary TV footage of me sitting in the airport with my voice dubbed over explaining that I'd ruined an opportunity for a real relationship with my incessant curiosity and instead awaited the arrival of a likely catfish in an airport for hours. If I were watching myself on TV in this imaginary episode, I'd be thinking something like, oh my god, are you serious? What are you thinking? How could you believe all that? Except that was me. I was the idiot that made the bad choices. Is this my karma for taking so much pleasure in watching that show? Maybe just my karma for ignoring my instincts again. I mean, really, how much did they have to yell at me before I'd listen? I kept imagining the same scenario happening, but instead with my fourth date. He'd never be caught dead leaving a woman at the airport for hours, whether she was a romantic interest or not. I admired that about him in this fake scenario I was imagining. (laughs) Another two hours went by, and Howard said he was close and instructed me to take the airport shuttle bus to the car park nearby since they don't allow cars directly to the terminal. It was an enormous open-air parking lot, perfect for kidnapping delusional foreigners. I got off at a random letter of the alphabet in the parking lot and told him the nearest letter. I've done some random things in my day, but telling a stranger which letter I'm at in a parking lot in a suburb of London was definitely close to the top of the list of borderline retarded behavior. Here you will see another photo. Fifteen minutes later, I saw a car drive by with a man that looked kind of like him. I waved. He waved back. I grabbed my bags and headed over to his car. I saw the man get out and... Well, there he was. Not not a catfish. To be fair, he never sent me more than ten pictures of himself and most had filters. We'd only had one three-minute video chat late one evening after four months when I pressed incredibly hard. I was so flustered and tired I barely remember the call but could tell he wasn't an entirely different person than he claimed. He always said taking photos and videos of oneself is what women do, and he didn't like being vain. Like, sure, whatever, maybe for social media, but we're talking about someone you claim to have a romantic interest in that you've been talking to for half a year. There's no excuse for that other than gargantuan insecurity or you're lying. After the brief video chat, I resolved it was insecurity. I told myself his looks didn't matter that much because looks aren't everything when considering a partner. Huh, well... (laughs) It felt like physical attraction mattered in that moment when I was finally living in reality. I felt no attraction to him. Saying hello to him felt like saying hello to a stranger. I'd sent him tons of media of myself, so he probably felt like I was less of a stranger. Someone's energy tells you a lot about them. His energy was very different from mine. I instantly knew there was no way I'd date this man. (laughs) But, but... What was all that time and energy spent? What reality was I living in? Surely I didn't just make all of that up. No. I was just exhausted, probably reading the situation all wrong because I needed sleep. Things seem easier to understand in hindsight. It wasn't so easy to notice how I was lying to myself in that moment. The self-denial part of my brain had been working in overdrive for years. I've got to remind myself that I might, at any given time, be totally full of shit and lying to myself when I tell myself anything. 
must always seek out objective reality as a landmark, then I can deviate based on personal preference if I so choose, but mustn't lose sight of the landmark. He'd given me an address and told me we were staying at a property he co-owned with a friend. I hadn't asked any more questions because it didn't matter to me. When we arrived at the place we were staying, I noticed it was a townhouse of sorts. There were no shared living spaces aside from the kitchen and bathrooms, just a few separate rooms people individually rented out. You know? Not a slumlord house, but not not a slumlord house. They were seeking to sell the place, so all the tenants moved out the week prior. He figured we'd stay there since he claimed his house was being renovated. When we arrived, he explained the place hadn't been cleaned since the tenants moved out. The place had a potent smell. He explained that he'd wiped down some of the surfaces, but not gotten a chance to do much else. He asked if I'd go upstairs and clean the bathrooms to make them look nice for when the estate agent came later in the week to show the place. What? Personally, I've never asked a guest, international or otherwise, to do chores for me upon arrival. I'll remind you, I paid for this experience myself. I had to resist the strong urge to burst out laughing. I have no issues helping people with chores. I grew up middle class, worked since I was 15, and did paper routes before that. I'm a self-starter with a good work ethic, and I don't see an issue helping out. I'm not a princess. Quasi-demanding it of me because I'm a woman. Yes, he said that's why I'd be good at it. When you've asked me to be your guest is another level. I said I'd help, but we'd need to get cleaning supplies first. Oof. He graciously told me I could do it the next day or day after. How sweet. I kept thinking about how I was too old for this. I'd turned 30 a week prior. Happy birthday to me. I was exhausted. I chatted with him for a bit, then said I was going to bed upstairs in one of the two identical bedrooms. He set himself up in the larger of the two bedrooms on the main floor. I mentioned before agreeing to visit him that I'd sleep in a different room than him. He'd brought two blankets and two pillows with him, presumably from his place. As he handed me a blanket and a pillow, he smiled and said matter-of-factly, You know, you should be grateful I'm sharing my bedding. I normally sleep with two blankets and two pillows all to myself. But you didn't bring your own blanket or pillow, did you? No. So I think a nice big thank you is in order. Not a joke. <laughs> Couldn't fight the enormous grin that spread across my face. I giggled. Come on, this is too good. What's next? I wondered. Should I have brought my own toilet paper? Again, I couldn't help but picture my fourth day in this scenario. He'd never in a million years asked me to clean his bathroom upon arrival and request a display of gratitude for his spare bedding. He not only wouldn't ask me to clean a bathroom for him, he would protest me using his bathroom if he hadn't cleaned it impeccably first. Hot. That's the guy whose bathroom you volunteer to clean and whose bed you're itching to crawl into. The next morning I woke up, rolled over, and spotted my new friend, Mr. Woodlouse, in bed with me. After examining him, I looked around and noticed his friends in other corners of the room. They all looked quite cozy. I grabbed my empty water glass and collected them all in a cup and left it on the desk. I went downstairs, made some coffee, and wondered if I'd get the same impression today as yesterday. Okay, part three um, will be published on Thursday, and that is the last part. Okay, bye!
Um, and if you're listening to the voiceover of this, you should check out the photos I've included um, on the, the Substack version on the website. <laughs> <laughs>